Do you stay where you are or do you keep growing? And at what point is your ambition so unchecked like, that you are losing it? Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. This show is about commercial art, making a good living, making great art. It's a tricky tightrope to walk. That's why I've made hundreds and hundreds of episodes. Well, this is 125. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. I'm an illustrator. You can find my work at Andy J. Pizza on Instagram. Thanks to our syndicate, Illustration Age. You can also find the show at illustrationage.com slash creative pep talk. Let's get in. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new Fluid Engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it, got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site anyway. Go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you, where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. Dudes, today is a very, very special day. Special announcements. These are the biggest announcements I've probably ever had on the podcast. Number one, I have a new book out called Creative Pep Talk. Chronicle Books is publishing it in April. On April 4th, you will be able to get it wherever books are sold. I'm so freaking stoked out of my mind about this book right now. You can go, <laughs> right now you can go to my website, creativepeptalk.com slash shop slash the book and pre-order your copy from my site where I will give you a signed copy, which you can choose either Andy J Pizza or Andy J Miller, my birth name, uh, but you can go check it out. It's a book of 50 illustrated words of wisdom from 50 of the top creative professionals of our time. Uh, it's an anthology, a collection of creative wisdom that's lettered and it's beautiful and they come with some, uh, a little written bit by each artist. We've got crazy, crazy people in here. Uh, past guests, Lisa Congdon, Sarah Walsh, we have Sagmeister Walsh, lots of Walshes. Uh, <laughs> this thing's packed full with amazing people. Draplin contributed. Uh, Go check it out on the website. Thank you to all who have already pre-ordered. I'm so pumped to tell you guys about this finally. Also, kind of as a way to uh, launch the book at the end of April, here it is, Creative Pep Rally. We're doing a all-day workshop on April 28th. It's a Friday in Columbus, Ohio with me and my friends, Danielle Evans, who is featured on this episode, who is a dimensional type artist. 
Uh, we've got Kyle Sheely, who is an internet video sensation. He makes these amazing internet videos. He did a Viking funeral for his 20s and built a giant cardboard Viking ship and turned that into a video. He just released a video that's a poem to the internet that you should definitely check out. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, he's also a, pub a professional public speaker, super great dude who knows some stuff. And then also Brad Montague is gonna be there. Jam-packed workshop. Uh, Brad Montague was a past guest. You should go check his episode out. He is the guy behind creative, no, not creative. He's the guy behind <laughs> Kid President. Uh, might have heard of him, Kid President, dude. Uh, Brad is an amazing filmmaker and writer and just all around brilliant, brilliant dude. Uh, we are gonna have a blast. Then that night, we're gonna do an after party. We're gonna go across the street. Uh, during the day, first we'll say, we're gonna be at Roosevelt Coffee. They have a big uh, conference space that's beautiful, lots of light, great space. That's where we're gonna do the workshop. The event is partially sponsored by Roosevelt Coffee here in Columbus. Then at night, the after party, we're gonna walk across the street to Blockfort, which is a gallery and studio space. Blockfort is another sponsor for the event, and we're gonna do the Color Me Blank show with Andrew Nyer and myself, where we draw a giant black and white mural, and people like you get to come in and color it in with giant five and a half foot markers. So we're gonna have the Color Me Blank show, and it's gonna be a pizza party, and it's gonna be fantastic, and it's gonna be a book signing, book launch event where I'm gonna sign the Creative Pep Talk book uh, for anybody who buys a copy. Dudes, I am so pumped out of my mind. This is the biggest thing that's ever happened to Creative Pep Talk. Uh, the book and the pep rally. Go check it out. You can go get the book at creativepeptalk.com slash shop slash the book. You can go sign up for your place at the workshop. It's 150 bucks for the workshop day at creativepeptalk.com slash CPR. And that's Creative Pep Rally, Not it's not medical. Uh, <laughs> So my friend, Danielle Evans, is gonna be involved with the pep rally. She's collaboratively helping me make this happen. She's doing all the things I can't do, making it actually happen in real life. She's doing uh, an amazing job. She's helped me so much. So I decided to bring her on to this episode. We interviewed her in the past, last year. I think it's episode 58. This is less of an interview and more of a conversation of two creative professionals hashing out shop talk, real talk, going through what do you do after you hit some goals, uh, what's the next step? And we talk about that in this episode. I know you're gonna love it. Here it is, Danielle Evans. Just a heads up, there is a little bit of language in this episode. First question I would ask you is, if someone's just starting out mm -hmm. and they're desperately trying to find what their thing is, mm -hmm. what would you tell them to do? Oh man, I would tell you to get as far away from the computer as humanly possible. That, yeah, <laughs> that is super good. As far away. So I find my inspiration now, and I, I need to start telling people this when they ask, in two different places. I find it in my daily life. And so it's important that I propagate my daily life with things that are exciting to me. So um, I've traveled a lot more this year than I ever have. I've seen more of the country than I ever have. I've um, taken on new hobbies and activities. Um, for example, I got to cross something off my bucket list. I went to an outdoor ice skating rink several times this past month. Sweet. That was awesome. Yeah. Never done that, and Ohio is not consistently um, icy enough to make that work. Yeah. But God, that was so good. Yeah. And so I think a lot about um, when I'm doing something like that, I think about how those activities reinforce what I do. So even mm. if they're not directly starting an idea for me, I think about with ice skating, for example, you have to keep your feet off the ice. You're gonna have the smoothest ride, um, the least amount of friction. It's a lot easier to turn and be mobile and agile. And that's naturally the last thing anyone wants to think about. Mm. Nobody wants to like take their feet off. Yeah, um, true. I mean, we're all afraid we're yeah, gonna eat it. you just wanna keep them on there. Yeah. Right, true, and yeah. the, serious legitimate fear is busting a kneecap, yeah. which I might have done last time, <laughs> and it hurt. Yeah. And I did the whole family guy <sighs> for 10 minutes, yeah, it's fine. Awesome. <laughs> but I realized like that 
lack of control and those con those very small constraints that I am responsible for, like mm. how well I've stretched, how tight my laces are, if my socks are thick enough, and how aware I am of other people around me. Those are the things I can control in that experience. So being outside, you're getting bumps in the ice, lots of kids are out sometimes, the weather's weird, and it affects everything around you. Mm. But if you get a grip on the small controls that you have, it allows you to improvise. And yeah. I take those concepts back to my work all the time. I'm always an analyzing creative careers and I'm thinking about why artists, musicians, have these sophomore slumps. Yeah. Like what is it, you know, this, this perfect storm where so many bands are gonna come out with the next album and it's gonna be terrible. And I think one of them is, is that the first album is all based on their life. Right. And then their life becomes music. Right. And so the music is about music. Right. And it just becomes terrible. Yes. Yeah, and, and so. It's uh, music for music's sake at yes. that point. Yeah. Yes. Instead of being deeply connected to your actual experiencing, experience and experiencing human things and yeah. observing those things, uh, I think that's a massive leap. And I think especially early on, you're so obsessed with, especially if you're a visual artist, aesthetic, mm -hmm. uh, the way things look, that you're, you forget that the people that are really killing it, it's because of the content. Right. Um, and you're going to learn how to, you know, do the aesthetic as you go. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I think there's a second aspect to this as well. Um, I've, I don't remember if we've talked about this before, but the idea of observing people doing their best, bringing their A-game. So I got to go to a concert uh, last month. I went to George Clinton and the Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah, yeah. And I went because I asked. I was like, hey, I have some work. You got to do a piece. Yeah, yeah. I got to do a piece. Like I had some lettering I had done around the election and I saw they were in town and I went, oh, this is perfect, you guys are here, can I install this? I would just love to have this here to just kind of excite you guys, excite the crowd, and I love your music. And yeah. they were like, come on over. And I went, ah! Yes, that's awesome. And freaked out, yeah. but... Which in, is a lesson all on its own about asking. Right, Yeah. yes. Um, but also just being there and observing, they had um, Blackbird McKnight, who's their long-standing guitarist, and he just starts just meedling away, like needling, needling, needling. Yeah. Like he's just going to town on his guitar and he starts shredding with his teeth. And it's so beautiful because he's not doing it in this showmanistic, like bravado kind mm. of way. This is just some dude who occasionally gets thrown into the spotlight on a stage and is just so excellent at what he's doing. Mm. The entire rest of the band starts to like come in on the solo and they rise to meet him mm. in this place of excellence. And I when they say face melting guitar solos, I think they mean people are sobbing because right. my makeup yeah. is melting off my face. I'm <laughs> sobbing. I'm so moved by this man. And I realize I have had these experiences over and over again of seeing people whose, whose brilliant work doesn't point back to themselves. Mm. It points back to the idea. Mm. It points back to something greater than them. Yeah. And I want that for my work. Yes. And I think the only way you get that is by recognizing that your experience is greater than simply what you see. Mm. What other people bring is important. And I think for me, looking at how to evolve my work, I'm looking for collaborators way outside of anything I do because I think other people's voices are worth elevating. I think the power of asking, we could digress back to that. Mm -hmm. So I noticed it's strange, I'm in a parallel place right now with my career where it feels very much like the beginning. I've been in this now four years and I feel like I'm back at the beginning, but I'm up a level, if that right. makes sense. Yes, I totally understand that. And so I'm doing the climb again and I'm noticing these parallels of first trying to figure out what moves me. And mm -hmm. then when I have an idea of what moves me, it's now, well, how do I get that in the right hands? So simply asking. Like this weekend is my, or this past weekend was my birthday weekend and I don't know if I was super- Happy birthday! <laughs> You're 30. Yes. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we're, 30 we're old. Yeah. <laughs> I woke myself up farting. Mm. So I mean, that's- <laughs> Happy birthday! Right. It's like, oh, yes. <laughs> this is so real. That's hilarious. But I noticed, I think it was just the fact that it was that time for me that mm -hmm. I felt empowered to call people going, hey, 
I got this thing for myself in the mail. It doesn't fit. I know you said I can't return it. Can I return it? Oh, you're going to deeply discount it? Oh, you're going to give me free shipping? Yeah. Like just asking. Yeah. Or that idea of um, putting up work at the George Clinton concert. They had no reason to let me do that. that. I'm yeah. some quote unquote local artist to them. They don't know anything yeah. about me. But the fact that it was it was acceptable for them. Some of them shared it on social media. They loved mm-hmm. what I was doing. And that tells me that I can play at that level at very least in the music world. Yes. So that that encourages me. Mm-hmm. I think just knowing that you have something that moves you, if you express it, if you put the time into really figuring out how to how to impress yourself before other people, you will That's ha- totally good. That's that's yeah. what it is. Yes. I I think if you do that, then it's easier to approach people and go, hey, I have this thing going on that I think you need or want, even if you don't know you need or want Mm -hmm. it yet, and can we talk about it? This is one of my favorite concepts in the (laughs) world, and I always, I think the, the, the geniuses of creativity are stand-up comedians because yeah. they're, they're doing this objective, like you get laughs and you've done it, you don't get laughs, you haven't done it. This right. creativity that, you know, it's pass or fail right. in lots of ways, right? Uh, so they have to be well-crafted, phenomenal uh, performers. And one of the things they always say is it needs to be funny to you. Mm-hmm. If it's not funny to you, no one is going to think it's funny. And that, this has been such a stumbling block, I think, because I love that quote uh, Picasso says, the purpose of life is to find your gift, the meaning of life. Nope, the meaning of life is to find your gift, the purpose of life is to, to give, give it away. away. Yeah. I love that, and when I was starting out, I was so obsessed with giving it away, Right. I hadn't found it. <laughs> I don't know what my gift was. I didn't know what I was giving away. And so that comes, that all the time that comes back to me where I will try to get a book published. Right. And I'm more interested in getting a publishing deal than having a book idea. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, instead of, and what has always set me back is what is the book that I want to hold? Right. Like, what is a book that I'm like, I am so pumped about this thing that I'm going to sell it. Yeah. And that's, that's amazing, yeah. And I think it's so easy to skip that. Yeah, it yeah. is. So what can, how can you impress yourself? If you impress yourself, you will get it out there mm-hmm. and you will sell it well. I think so. Yeah. And I think because of that, you're generating buzz around yourself. And I guess I'm, I guess in speaking about birthday wishes and asking for things, yeah. there's almost that sort of like psychic channeling of this is my energy, this is what I'm putting out, this is what I'm broadcasting, this is what I'm interested in. And it causes other people to flock to it, they feel it. When you started out, do you feel like, when you started out doing dimensional type, dimensional lettering, uh, do you feel like when you're doing a piece now that you're much more in command of your skills than when you started? I think so, but I also think that I feel that way because I'm putting more effort in up front to figure out what I want to do. So I now have the experience of, I've, I've worked with these kinds of materials, I know what they will do, so how do I push them to be more interesting? And it's almost like, it's almost like, and we've talk, talked about this before too, like in Mario Kart where you're ghost racing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're laughing yourself and you see that's where I quit before. Mm-hmm. That's where I quit last year. That's where I quit three months ago. Mm. And you start observing the lengths you're willing to go to finish something out and the time you're willing to put in. I see initially when I look back at my old stuff, oh, this is like a knee-jerk intuitive reaction that right. I think if everybody had started doing this at the same time, we probably would have all kind of arrived at the same conclusion. But because I've had more time and energy to devote to these practices, the way I handle um, ribbons and shoelaces is very different. The way I handle any kind of pulverized substance is very different. And what is it, why, um, other than just having, so you're saying because you've done it before, you're Mm -hmm. approaching it differently, uh, but what would it look like for you to do a shoelace project today versus two years ago? Um, I think I would be more, the challenge I gave myself last time was to make sure, for example, when I did a shoelace project that it was based on four laces. I think I had one extra piece that I cheated in just for some sort of filigree, but it was all tied into the shoe. I think my understanding of typography and letter forms has also increased, and Uh so I would then be looking at this going, okay, well, if I twisted these here and made this a little bit thicker, I could probably reference some sort of Edwardian script, or like I would be thinking more in terms of sets or existing typefaces 
but trying not to look at them while I'm working because I want the impression of them. I don't want the actual typeface itself because, mm -hmm. again, that negates my job. Yep. So it's this idea of holding this balance, this if-then. If I'm working with something I've used before, then I have to up my typography game. If I'm working with a typeface, and in some cases people are coming to me now going, so we want you to do this project out of flower about a guy who's the biscuit king and we want you to use Windsor typeface mm -hmm. or at least to reference it. And I'm like, oh, that's so clever. Right. You're so clever. Yeah. So getting people thinking about how, what kind of reference materials we should be putting in, mm. it elevates my game in that way as well. So how did your, how has your knowledge increased? How has it actually, how have you done that? I have, I guess, I can see my time in terms of my execution of these ideas decreasing in some ways, so mm -hmm. I'm getting a little bit faster, but in other regards it's increasing because I'm now saying more, so like going for bigger phrases mm -hmm. or going for more complicated builds. Mm -hmm. And so I see this playing out in terms of, again, how much prep I have, how much time I'm going to spend in the sketch, making it more refined, making sure the client is very clear on what I'm doing and then bringing it into the actual build process. Am I still hitting my time window when I say, hey guys, I can call you in X amount of time, like usually an hour to an hour and a half window I'll give yeah. them and have it done by then so they can see it. And your knowledge of type and lettering and even just actual intellect knowledge how has that grown? Is it just natural or have you yeah. are you seeking it out? It's natural. Okay. I actually don't, as much as possible, I try not to seek out anything right. because I recognize the more I look at people who are doing this kind of work, yeah. the more my work will look like theirs. Mm -hmm. And I don't want that. I recognize my voice is um, distinctive for a reason. Yep. And so I want to keep it pure to some effect within reason. Mm -hmm. And I think... Um, I think when I started recognizing that I, for a long time I was working very impressionistically, where I would be intuitive, I would think, okay, well this will work best in this way, and I'm looking for the shortest, quickest path to the finish, this makes the most sense. But now I'm looking at things going, okay, I can reference some materials here, I can reference a sign I saw in Austin when I was traveling, I can reference some billboard in Minneapolis that I saw several years ago. I don't have photos of these things. Mm -hmm. I never take photos. I just take mental notes. Yep. And Which is good because you obscure it. Right. And, yeah, yeah you it, tweak it yeah, a little yeah. bit. And so I found myself able to co-sign on someone else's original vision mm -hmm. because I know my own voice. Right. And that makes it really difficult. I guess in order to co-sign on somebody else's pre-existing work like a typeface. Yeah. You need to be able to know how far to obscure it and how much to make it your own. Yeah. So which is tricky. Yeah, it is really hard. I also think uh, so let's talk a little bit about this idea of trying to be original but also being great. Mm -hmm. You know, I think for me personally uh, I've always believed that you need to learn from your peers. Mm -hmm. You need to you need to be relevant yeah. in terms of what you're doing should be up to speed. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, do you think it's like uh, a scientist is well-versed in everything that's come up to this point, mm -hmm. and now we know across the globe we're all working on the same problem. Yeah. And if I'm studying everything that you're doing, you're not going to allow me the space to like take, you're gonna, you're gonna influence my hypothesis yes. rather than coming up with my own fresh yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's a really great way to look at that. Yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, I think that, because um, I think some people say you either are supposed to bury your head in the ground mm -hmm. and just only come up with stuff that's just right viscerally from you and there's no influence, mm -hmm. or people say you gotta be on every trend and yeah. um, how do you balance that? Because I do think yeah. it's, I know that you have you know, a taste for and uh, knowledge of kind of what's happening in the industry. Yeah. But you try not to let that affect you right. too much. I try to see it as a filter in right. some ways. Like I see the shitty 90s aesthetic coming back. And I, I feel I, yeah, right. I don't love it. <laughs> I don't neither. love it. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, I'm sorry guys. It's not. I mean, some of you do it really well. True. You really do. It's not my thing. <laughs> it's, it's not, not mine either. Thing. Yeah. But I look at it and I go, what We're can just I? Old. Yeah, we it's are. All good. <laughs> We did it once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I look at this and I go, okay, well, how can I how can I adjust what I'm doing to work with this? Well, the color palette is pretty 
easy and color has always been an issue for me but I think I've grown in the last few years as you were talking about how have you changed yep. I've grown in intelligence and sensibility to color theory mm -hmm. so I'm like okay I can use these things and if I put this next to it it will look yellow even though it was the orange backdrop I used last week yeah. that kind of thing so I'm coming to grips with okay color color works yeah. how do I use color and metallics how do I use these items that I've been presenting as like rustic and moody or very mm. light and balanced, how do I now make these feel edgy and different? And I'm finding that in general, the materials around us are able to flux with us yeah. pretty easily. Mm. And so it's now pushing that through the lens of how I already operate. Yeah. So would you? It sounds like what you're saying is the best way to develop is by making stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. I always <laughs> think uh, people always talk about like. I don't want to put myself out there until it's ready. And I always say, like, you can't learn to swim on the side of the pool. Yeah. Like, if you want to get better, make and make and make and make and make. Yeah. You used to say, like, that everything was really intuitive, your process was really intuitive. Are you, are you saying that you do more prep initially than you used to? Yeah. What a, why and what does that look like? Well, also in some cases more post than I used to. Okay. Just because things are getting more complicated. Right. Um, so, for example... Tell, could you yeah, just go, go back to how it used to be and then we'll yeah, kind of yeah. lead and how it kind of grew? Well, for example, I used to work exclusively in natural light because I didn't know how to light things. Mm -hmm. I had had very basic photo classes and I just hadn't gotten any further. So I was using windows and I would sometimes call people going, yeah, the light's not great today. We're going to wait right. till tomorrow. And I'm like, how did I still have jobs? Oh my God. That's so funny. It's crazy. Um, I used to... Nope, the sun god said it right. wasn't today. Not, not today. <laughs> I know. That's good. But I used to, um, if I made a sketch, it would just be for placement. So it would be some really quick squiggle. Right. It was gross. And then I'd do all the actual sketching on the board. So I would know as I was going along what I was doing. Well, yeah. clients to some effect were cool with that until you got like the bigger, the bigger projects with the accounts people who were not cool with that. They no. need to understand what they're paying for. And yeah. I don't blame them. They're paying you lots of money. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. I don't blame them. And so because of that, I had to start flexing to work within this this system. Yeah. So more refined sketches. Um, I do all of my sketches digitally now, which is funny. I have a <laughs> giant pad of paper where I'm doing like legit pencil sketches that's yeah. funny but they're for me <laughs> yeah sure yeah but they're for me <laughs> um, but I started doing digital ones because you could put color on them really quickly I mean they were vague enough that no one was gonna hold you to them per uh -huh. se but close enough that you could explain better yeah, yeah. yeah and they were throwaway so I wasn't uh -huh. sitting around going that was just that was really nice yeah that stroke that's so lively. Like I would just yeah. do that. I'd finish a sketch and I'd just like look at it yeah. for like an yeah. hour. <laughs> I hate when you get a sketch that captures some weird thing. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's not going to be in the final. Nope. There's no way <laughs> no. to get, I uh, hate that. And that's why I was, I was sketching with the work immediately on the board. So I was mm. getting that same energy. But as right. I've, as I've um, progressed, you know, I'm trying to get more energy out of the lettering I'm doing. I yeah. want it to have more life. I want it to be more dynamic. And to be able to do that, I'm finding you have to study really hard. And in many cases, you would think, oh, these washes and swoops and whatnot are made because they someone was just... feel so raw and right. yeah, energetic. They were just like grinding so hard. It's like, yeah. yeah. But that's not the case. They're very slow. Mm. They're very mm. slow and very meticulous. And any incidentals coming off of them are because someone was being meticulous and was comfortable with letting those mistakes live. Right. And so... I've had to adjust my process to allow for those kinds of incidentals and mistakes. Mm -hmm. So now I'm using studio lighting, which I've taught myself how to use, and yep. apparently I'm passing with flying colors. Sweet. So I'm thrilled about that now. Yeah. Um, I got a nicer camera, a bigger lens. These things are very heavy and therefore require a better rig. Um, I oftentimes will have other people help me. I have my first intern starting in April, which Sweet. I'm super jazzed about. Yeah. She's such a cool person. And so the idea of having someone helping me paint backdrops and moving things and checking things for focus because my eyes are bad, mm. it's just like, this is the dream. That's I'm excited amazing. about yeah. it. That's amazing. Yeah. I so. think it's kind of like, uh, I think there's two reasons uh, when you're first starting, you don't want to do all the prep 
you don't want to go crazy on prep. I think it's one that um, everybody knows like a street game has a quality mm-hmm. of play that you're not going to get when you're, you know, in the actual game. Right. And you can try out all your new moves. And yeah. I think that uh, that when you're being creative and you're in your sketchbook and you're, you know, making stuff for yourself, you're, one of the most thrilling things is that accident that's, that just happens and it all comes together and it, and it just works beautifully. And then when you're, when you're being meticulous and prepped, you rarely get that serendipity. Yeah. But I think there's this thing that uh, as you become more and more a pro, you realize that you can still play and do mm-hmm. your thing and learn, but yeah. you don't try new moves in the game. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and I've, I've had the same thing in the past year. I've started to do uh, like uh, colored pencil sketches before I do anything, yeah. like really light blue, and map everything oh, out, nice, get yeah. everything really tight and perfect, and then ink it, mm-hmm. and I can, I, I would say that just ability and willingness to go deep in the prep side uh, beforehand is a game changer. Yeah. yeah. When you really, I'm gonna do everything I can um, to make the best piece. That's That's been awesome for me. So you have great clients. Mm-hmm. I mean, amazing clients. Yeah, yeah. people. Kicking my butt with these clients. <laughs> no. uh, Target, Tazo, Washington Post. I could go on and on and on. And uh, I wonder, my first question is, if you could see that client list mm-hmm. five years ago, uh, would it surprise you? What would surprise you about your current reality? Oh, man. Did that make any sense, or did I go backwards I think so. on myself? <laughs> I think so. I'm okay. going to try answering Five it. years ago, <laughs> you saw this client list, you saw your portfolio. Uh, what would you tell yourself, like, but you don't know, this is the reality of what that looks like? I see. So, I probably would not, first of all, if I would have seen that five years ago, I would have wept. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel the same way. I, I, yeah, I wish, sometimes I wish I could do that. Just be like, it's gonna be fun. Right. Yeah, totally. Well, you know, I was also like wearing a groove with my face sobbing on the floor as well. Yeah, there's like, like excuse me. It looked miss. like a murder scene, yeah. but just a divot in the floor in the shape of my body. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Um, I would have been so proud of myself, and I would have been like, how did I get here? Yeah. In the first place. Yep. Um, obviously, I should not consider that job in finance that I was really thinking about at the time. Keep going. Yeah, keep going. But I think I would have been surprised to realize that my problems hadn't dissipated at mm. all. They just level yeah. up. We're just level two. Yep. And and that means like the same narrative, the same kind of themes, the same questioning if I'm if I'm done. You know, am mm-hmm. I over? Realizing that a lot of these clients end up being one-offs. So. Yeah. I love working like a with a string of one-offs. Right. Yes. Which I love. I love working with them, but it's the idea of, well, you know, this has kind of already been seen. How do we how do we improve upon this or removing like in this manner? Oh, styles have changed to be more um, portrait heavy or figure heavy rather than product heavy. Right. And you recognize that those are business decisions, and so they don't they don't hurt you. Yeah. But you just wonder who else can I who else can I talk with that I can then turn into a retainer and the retainer mm. part has always been really a challenge for me like I don't have consistent retainers yeah and so I like to think I'm good to work with I've been told I'm great to work with uh, but it's just the specificity of what I do has mm-hmm. made it difficult to keep the ball moving in that way yeah and so for me and there's a thing with the agencies and this yeah. kind of work where when they go into the client they want to be like oh, we got the fresh thing you've yeah, never yeah, seen yeah. it before yeah yeah They're so they don't want to be like you yeah. know that person we just worked with we're gonna do it again right and like no yeah i think it's a trend-driven situation which True. is hard if you're trying to build something that then becomes a trend you're like well wait a second this is really like real to me and i see a lot of leg room and and legs on these projects yeah. but you know that's that's the way that the game is and so you mm-hmm. have to figure out how to either play with these people into their rules or you play out i almost am kind of seeing solving these problems as like a cinnamon roll unsurprisingly I or like this, yeah. <laughs> or a golden ratio kind right. of situation where i took food and items and i or well i took food coupled it with typography 
and then eventually took on other objects with typography, and now it's kind of spiraling out. How do I add another element to yes. that idea? Yeah. And is it an industry? Is it a, like a final product, like a vehicle for these ideas? What are the final components? And at what point can I drop some of these things? Mm -hmm. Do I hold all of these things forever? I don't think so. But just recognizing that this is an outward spiral and it will just keep moving. Yeah. And, and being I'm, okay with that. That's awesome. And this is the biggest thing that I want to talk to you about because I think so many people that are in the shoes that you were in five years ago are thinking that it's, there's this secret thing, whether yeah. it's my work goes viral, or I get to work with the New York Times, mm -hmm. or whatever it is, uh, that there's gonna be this thing that changes in my life, and then it's the fairy godmother, everything's different, and all my problems are gone. <laughs> Whereas, uh, I'm, I keep trying to convince creative people, when you're thinking about building your career, think about it as this giant mm -hmm. ongoing thing that will never stop until you die. Right. And that's great. <laughs> it can be fine. Mm -hmm. But if you think that you're gonna cross this finish line and then it's all gonna be gravy, which I think most people from the outside, especially in our world, right. in our creative zone, would look at your career and think, well, everything's just ticking over and it's all good. Oh, lol. Yeah, no. <laughs> But I definitely, yeah. and only the only reason I know to ask that is because I am in your shoes. Right. I totally understand yeah. exactly what it's like to have, here's a bunch of great clients, one-off projects, and then you learn all kinds of things about business, like this particular thing is fantastic, but it cannot be the only thing. Right. Because it's incomplete right. in building a, a good, well-rounded business. So what is the thing that you're... Uh, struggling with today that you want to talk about? <laughs> That's a question that I feel like if I was a hard-hitting journalist, which right. I'm the opposite of, uh, I, I would be comfortable. So I don't want to, I'm not trying to say like, oh tell us your deepest crap that you're having to go through. I just mean like, what's a, what's a thing, problem that you're trying to solve oh, in your business? Oh man, I mean, that's such a great question because I have a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, Everybody yeah. does. Um, well, I guess, I guess we could almost talk about how I've, I have not been very busy in the last month and a half. Right. And in part, it's, which again happens to right, everyone. Right. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It totally does. And it especially happens when what you're offering is super. I, I offer a general list of things that I do in a very specific manner. Right. And that's kind of the secret to making this work. But it also means that if people don't need it in that exact moment, they won't be like, oh, you can also art direct this. Yeah. You can also photograph this. We could use a retoucher doing these yes. kinds of related things. And so that part when is really scary. you build it to this hyper-specific thing that you right. do. Yeah. And in some cases with me, like I'm noticing, oh, I'm seeing a lot of like top-down food-related work right now or object-related work, which is really cool because right. it's now, like I keep getting emails in my inbox being like, oh, how do I become a food typographer? How do I become a dimensional typographer? And I'm like, right. what? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. Right, that's hilarious, yeah. <laughs> So it's crazy that that's a career move, but at the same time, that means because people are finding that as a, as a thing they want to pursue, that means more people are willing to try their hand at it. Mm -hmm. And in some way, it's like, it's almost like the guy's stepping out onto the moon, like yeah. Neil Armstrong just, you know, popping right out there. The entire world watched with bated breath while this guy took a step. And once he was like, I didn't burn up, it's cool. I'm still here. Yeah. All of a sudden, we had all of these people that wanted to go right. to the moon, and yeah, now people totally. want to go to Mars. Yes. And it was like it just opened this door to possibility, mm. and it was a brave step. For it became again not just for one person, but for an entire group of people. Yeah, totally. That's I never thought of that quote in that manner. Yeah. I don't think I ever. Yeah, I never thought of it in that context, but it's completely accurate, and it's so funny. Uh, I feel like I talk to creative people all the time that get in that situation where like, well, I kind of want to do this thing, but nobody does that in my niche. Right. And I'm always like, best sign ever. Right. Go do it. Do quick. it now. <laughs> yeah, quickly. Exactly. Because once you do, once there's a paved road, once there's 15 tutorials, it's done. Yeah. Right. It's done. People yeah. will follow. And so it's hard because you look at the energy that's expended with 
coming up with something new, it's extremely difficult. Again, the prep for it is immense. Totally. Um, I did a I did a jewelry shoot where I made candy jewelry and I grew some of it, and that whole process took about a month. Crazy. And I'm just like, I hope this like I hope someone cares about this. Right. And I remember releasing it and people not really knowing what to do with yeah. it. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm yeah. sunk. But yep. at the same time, I realize it hasn't gotten in front of the right people yet. It will do something. Yes. And there's some part of that that I don't want to let go of. Like, I'm not done with Dude, it yet. That, this is, there are so many things that you're saying that are amazing. <laughs> they, honestly, like that, I think we keep, I talked to you at the beginning. I said, what if you haven't found your thing? Yeah. What do you do? Uh, and then how do you get better at it, right? Mm -hmm. And I so I talk about this, this idea of mining, refining, shining. Yeah, yeah. And people think, I think, a lot of times, you find your thing, you get good at it, and that's it, done. Whereas I think it's just a cycle yeah. that you keep going on. It is. And so it sounds like you're in, a, you're in the beginning part of the cycle all over again, mm -hmm. where you're saying, I need to explore new yeah. and see what happens. And I loved, that you embedded this, uh, all these layers that make it safe mm -hmm. to make mistakes. Yeah. Because you're saying, I took all this time making this thing. Nobody got it. <laughs> but it, but even that doesn't really matter. Right. Because someone might get it. Because if it's new, someone might get it next year. Yeah. Someone might, or it might turn into something else. Or yeah. that'll teach me a thing that turns into the next thing I explore. Yeah. So yeah. you made this jewelry. Yeah. That was candy jewelry mm -hmm. lettering. Yeah. Uh, what was your takeaway from that project? My takeaway from that project is I found the right kind of collaborator. So I've been doing a lot of collaboration over the last year, and in some cases I realized I wasn't collaborating at the right level, if that makes sense. So I've done wonderful work with different kinds of people, but I think I didn't have the courage to approach people who like legitimately scared and impressed me. Because uh, that meant yeah. I had to bring like my super plus A game make sure everything was counted mm. for. It's really scary to do that, especially if you find out later, oh, someone also respects you. You're mm. like, oh shit. Yes. <laughs> like yes. that whole thing with playing in the park and people seeing you, like you gotta show up. Yeah, And it, totally. you have to impress not only yourself now, but someone else who's gonna put their name on what you're doing. And that so is terrifying. True. Yes. But like um, Nick Fancher is the, he's a Columbus-based photographer who does yeah. a lot of work everywhere. And he's known for being very resourceful, very minimal in his equipment, just good ideas. And we have the same general philosophy. Yep. And so I'm like, this is it. This is the dude. We're vibing. We're doing it. Mm -hmm. I approach him and I go, here's this crazy idea. I basically want you to help me for free. If you know of anyone who would help me for free, I'd also love that. And he's like, hell yeah, and assembled a team based on some whack-ass idea I had when I was still prototyping it. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I don't even have jewelry right, to think? show you yes, yeah. <laughs> but I'm working on it and I'll let you know next week what I have. And he was just all about it. And that was so crazy to me that the idea was good enough that somebody and like four other people were willing to give up an evening of their time mm. to show their skills and bring it in and bring like the best they could possibly give. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That is so good. I think it's uh, really, that's an amazing principle of don't be afraid to set up situations where you have to perform at your highest level. Yeah. I, every time I do an interview, I always try to pick people that uh, I'm scared to interview. Honestly, even, oh. even you who are friends, yeah. I know that you know stuff and I need to be on it and think about the questions and go into it ready and be present in the interview. You know, there are people that I could interview that, you know, that I really like, but they don't scare me. And uh, I'm always trying to find that balance of like, you can't, you have to reach out. Reach out to people that are gonna make you up your game yeah. in collaboration. Don't just go to the same people you always go to, the people that make you feel comfortable, because that's yeah. not gonna push you anywhere. Yeah, That's exactly. so good. Uh, what are you most excited about in your career right now? Whew. I keep feeling like I'm about to level up again. Mm. I feel the tension of it. And it's weird to say that, like, oh, I'm going to blow up soon. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to be big in 2017. Yeah, you better check it out. Look out. Watch this space. <laughs> like, that <laughs> Me too. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. I always feel when I'm, I'm, I'm so apologetic. Like, <laughs> if you use that phrase, that's, that you do you. 
It's not our thing. If it rings true to you, if you it, do yeah, you. Yeah, you do that. If it doesn't, then stop. We want to be friends, but that's your circle. <laughs> we'll have ours. Just oh kidding. Oh, my God. I'll still be friends. Anyway. <laughs> I'm feeling the tension of all of these ideas, and I know that some of them are in a similar rhythm. They're in a similar vein. Yeah. And so because of that, I'm like, well, how do I... Keep... trying to see, like, connections? Yeah, there are patterns. Yes, there oh, are patterns. I'm all about it. And so I'm... I'm excited, like, okay, well, I can take this in this direction and this can get more edgy. Like, I'm thinking, a lot of my work is very cute and I think it's just the nature of where I was at the time, just being very open and very yeah. innocent and very, like, approachable and that that's very much still what I want. I think right. there are parts of that, those deep underlying principles, I could give you, like, three that I would say. Here. Um, authenticity, yep. approachability, and thoughtfulness. Those okay. are the basis of my business. Or the core values. Yeah. Right. And so. And you feel a new one blossoming or a few new ones or what? Maybe I just feel myself getting maybe more real in the sense of the dark side of things or yeah. being. Shadow side. Yeah. Sh showing it. Yeah. Right. The totally. Kermit with the hood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you gotta. Yeah, man. Everybody's got that. It's dishonest yeah. to pretend like you don't. It's kind of why, and I'm also sorry if you're really into this, the positivity movement is not vibing with me <laughs> at all. I don't think, I, I think uh, because I call my podcast Creative Pep Talk, I think that some people would imagine that that's where I'm coming from. Right. Whereas I think most people that listen to it always commend it for real talk. Right. So anyway, I yeah. feel you. Totally feel you. Like I keep realizing people are... The authenticity movement was a weird movement anyway because that's basically what I hinge my life on right. is trying to be open be about honest. things. Yes. But then you observe, oh, the Your positive. shirt says, be honest. Oh, it does. Stay true. It does. <laughs> Hot cake Seattle. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Ate way too much at that place, bought a very expensive sweatshirt. Anyway. <laughs>
what you want to say. Yeah. It's not enough about, if you're gonna be messing with letters, mm -hmm. you better have something to say. Uh, do you feel like that A, resonates with you, and then B, what are some of the things that you're trying to say right now? That's a great question. You have great questions anyway, but that's a really <laughs> great question. Right, thanks. So, yes, letters inherently are a vehicle for a message. For saying something. Right. Yes. And so if you are not saying things, you are inherently empty. And what's the point? What Why is not the make point? a picture? Yes. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so I feel like people are looking to this medium because it is hot right now mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it. A lot of people look at lettering like it's an aesthetic. Yeah. Which is bizarre. It is. Like, yeah, like the, the aesthetic trend of letters. Yes. No, letters are, they make words and they right. say things. Right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Totally. Yeah. And so I think it's, it's very important, again, that the, the materials and the techniques service the greater message and the greater purpose. Mm. And it's easy to say something pithy and stupid. I mean, right. we can all do that. Which, whatever. Right. You know. And I think the world needs that sometimes, mm -hmm. if we yeah. can be for real. But it doesn't totally. need it to fill and propagate a list of daily posts you have to meet. Yes. It doesn't work for a quota. No. And people see right through that, mm -hmm. you know? So for me, I'm okay with taking more time to come up with the right words. And to the second point of your question, sometimes that means looking to people who have a better sense of what to say. So for me, I'm looking not only at how do I say things that are real, but how do I say things that are powerful? Mm. Um, I'm mm. looking at old, old books and um, lots of well-honored classics. I'm looking to poets and yeah. modern people who move me. I'm looking to musicians. And I'm finding that a lot of the themes that I'm dealing with in my personal life, like themes of loss and self-discovery and um, finding strength, are being echoed through these things I'm attracted to. Yeah. And so rather than trying to hide them or trying to like, you know, circumvent them for something more fluffy or positive or mm. upbeat, mm -hmm. I'm really immersing myself in them to figure out why I'm attracted and I'm hoping that this resonates with other people. Yeah. So I think, I think inherently those things that I'm drawn to they present themselves in like a, what is that word bubble thing where it's just the most used become bigger and bolder or whatever. It's like know. a mind map or something. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. right, yeah, like the, the uh, I don't know. Yeah. Word map, I don't know. Yeah, I get what you're the word map thing. <laughs> but I think those, those places and those people, um, you get to not only elevate their message, but you get to align yourself with the parts that ring truest. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know, Kanye's been inspiring me a lot lately, and mm. I think he might be an asshole. Right, yeah. You don't have to think about it. Yeah. I mean, I, just for the record, I'm a fan of lots of his work. Right. But, his work yeah. is incredible in yeah. a lot of cases, but it's also like, oh, dude, sometimes you're really gross. Yeah, um, totally. But I totally, I totally identify with this whole coming from nothing, being super broke, talking mm. about like how broke you are, and then realizing you made it to the top. Or like you're on your way yep. and you're finding some success and now life is shuffling around because the ecosystem you built all of this on was when you were and, right yep. and now you are a different way so mm. how does that change everything mm. do you stay where you are or do you keep growing and at what point is your ambition so unlike checked that you are losing it do you believe in Branding. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I don't even know what. I that wish there were gifs of our faces. <laughs> I, to, I honestly asked that question because I wanted to set it up like it was a really big belief question right. and then go to brands. Uh, how do you feel about that word brand? I think it depends on how you're viewing it. If you're viewing it as a group of people, as a brand, yeah. I have a weird concept of like that makes me feel a little uncomfortable but yeah. I can almost handle that more than the idea of a personal, personal brand. brand yeah personal brand is hard what does that make why because I mean I, I get yeah. it but I want to hear what your thoughts are well I think the idea of a personal brand means that the person that you're interacting with is not the same as the product that they're offering and I think it's a mask right and to yeah. some effect it has to be because right. if you're failing as a business you're failing as a person and you'll jump off a bridge faster <laughs> than you will try to figure out what's going on that's tricky so you need that level of disassociation and distance mm. from it so it doesn't eat at you all the yeah. time. But I see the way um, people get very salesy with their personal brands and that 
that doesn't jive with me, but it also doesn't work with my core principles. So yeah. I can understand why some people venture that direction. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, it's extremely subjective. Good to have... Yeah, extremely subjective. But I think uh, it's good to come from an authentic place, but it's okay to have boundaries. Yeah. Like, you don't have to... Like, don't be... Don't... Your personal brand shouldn't be something that's totally different than what you are. Right. But it's also okay that you don't share everything you are mm -hmm. with everyone. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's awesome. The last question is, if you had five minutes uh, with a creative person and you could, you could only tell them one piece of advice that you think would really have a positive impact on their career, what would it be? Oh, man. I know that's as hard as it gets. Yeah, that is yeah. as hard as it gets. If you just say, here's one thing. If you do this, mm -hmm. you'll be more likely to have some success. Oh, man. I guess if you want to see yourself as a traditional designer or yeah. as a traditional illustrator or writer or whatever, that's fine. But really, your point of view only becomes interesting when you become a something and. Right. So a something and something else. Um, sports designers are interesting because they're constantly reinventing. They're reinventing how we see athletics. Yeah. And that's really hard to do. But they, they finesse it, they understand, mm -hmm. and they spend time in those arenas all the mm -hmm. time. Um, seeing people in the food industry or in the entertainment industry and watching them just dump hours and hours of their lives into something that is only good until it's either eaten or yeah. the frame passes or whatever is so impressive. But that's an entirely different perspective than just being an illustrator. Mm. And I think the more of yourself, the more you explore and the more that you um, like draw from, the more informed and mature your sense of voice will be. Yeah. I know everybody's always looking for a voice. That's like the big scary thing, but inherently yeah. kind of like a one of your last podcasts had said, uh, what do you call an artist that doesn't want to be seen? Well, it right. is a designer. <laughs> totally. Yes. It's totally true. You're so right. Yeah. It is a designer. And so it's a matter of, do you want to be a person who designs an experience, whether it's to be read mm -hmm. or to be viewed on a television or to be viewed in a gallery or in a kid's book? That's fine. But you need additional you need an additional title mm -hmm. to really fortify that and make yourself distinctive. And it sounds like you're talking about being creative with the fundamental core of what you do. Man, so good to have Danielle back on the podcast. Danielle is just crushing it, helping me with Creative Pep Rally. Don't forget to check that out. It's gonna be one of the craziest things I've ever been a part of. Uh, go hang with some good people who want you to succeed, who wanna help you. The whole event is about helping you get, gain clarity on your value, what you do, and where you wanna go. Go. Check that out at creativepeptalk.com slash CPR to learn more. Danielle, thank you so much for being on the show again. Thank you so much for helping me put on this event. Your brain is so much better at doing these things than mine. Uh, also, go check out Danielle's work. She's a dimensional type artist. She makes words out of shoelaces and bacon and pizza. Uh, amazing things. Uh, Danielle's one of the hardest working and most creative people that I know, hands down. Go check her out. She's a phenomenal person. Thank you so much, Danielle, for being on the show. Don't forget to order Creative Pep Talk, the book. Pre-orders on now. If you go check it out at creativepeptalk.com slash shop slash the book, you can go pick up a copy signed by yours truly. You can choose to have it signed by Dr. Andy J. Pizza or by just me, Andy J. Miller. Uh, we've already had a bunch of orders. Thank you guys so much for doing that. Go check it out at 
creativepeptalk.com. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Thanks for all the support, all the momentum. It's getting crazy. This, this episode has crazy announcements, and I'm scared by doing all these bigger things. But I am so thrilled to be doing them with you because you guys are awesome. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, also, you heard a new Y song uh, thanks to Yoni Wolf for letting us use his music. I did some posters to trade him to use uh, that new song from his new album, Mo Lean. Uh, you can go find out where he's coming. He's coming to your city. He's going to come on a Y tour. Uh, so check out Y. Go check out his new album. It's fantastic. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks to Metavari for all the other tunes. You can find their music at soundcloud.com slash Metavari. Thanks to illustrationage.com for being our syndicate. You can find the show at illustrationage.com slash talk. So many links. Uh, thanks for supporting the show. Thanks for supporting the movement. Uh, I'm so freaking stoked to be doing this with you. Guys, do whatever it takes to stay pepped up. Uh,